Do you ever hear the alarm go off and think, ugh, five more minutes? Well, you are not alone. Welcome to the Life as a Team Sport podcast, where we will take the concepts from sports and apply them to everyday life. So whether you're an athlete, a former athlete, the mom of an athlete, or just love watching sports, we invite you to come along with us as we explore family, faith, fitness, and have a lot of fun doing it. This is a podcast by the women of sport for the women of sport. All right. Good morning and welcome to the team room. This is Patricia and I'm here as usual with Becky Pinio. Becky, what's up? Not much. It's looking good here. Ready to talk to our new guest. I'm excited about. Nice. So um, how how's the weather up there? Because I got to tell you, it's been pretty mild here. Like I think it's mild. And then I go to my daughter's soccer game and I freeze my butt off. <laughs> Yeah, it was rainy last night, but then it turned out to be about 45, 50 today. So I was actually at the skating rink today, rollerblading with my daughter at the skating rink. So we were inside most of the day, but it was actually pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of indoor stuff is canceled down here and not available. Like normally she'd be playing indoor soccer or something right now, but because we're playing outdoor soccer, we all get to experience the weather together. (laughs) Ew. No, I don't want to sit outside in a soccer field right now. (laughs) I know. Thank you. No. Oh, man. Well, anyway, um, today we have a guest on here with us, and I'm really excited. She was one of my athletes at Maryland. She grew up in Montgomery County, Maryland, and ran four years of cross country and track in high school. She also won the state championship in the 4x800. She was named to the All-Met team in high school and went on to run at University of Maryland, where she ran both track and cross country and was named to the academic All-Big Ten team multiple times. She's now pursuing her Doctor of Physical Therapy from UMES. So welcome to the show, Gabby Go. Hi, thank you guys so much for having me. So glad to have you on the show today. You know, I was driving in the neighborhood, and I knew I was interviewing you today, Gabby. And so my friend, neighbor, was walking her dogs, and I pulled over my minivan, and I rolled the window down. I'm like, hey, Adriana. I'm interviewing this girl. She's so fast. She's a runner. You're going to love her. And she's like, really? I said, yeah, my new podcast. And she's like, yeah, send me the link. So um, I'm sure she'll be listening. Oh, that's and, awesome. Um, she's a really good runner. So is my other neighbor, Brittany. So they're both um, love the running, running world. And so I think it's going to be neat to, to get to know you through this. That's so yeah. exciting. I'm hoping that they get to do their races and everything too with corona because it's been crazy times to be a runner too if you're trying to sign up for races so fingers crossed for all of us (laughs) true very true yeah I bet that's true are you um, looking to do any races in the near future yeah so I have a race in April Um, that's kind of what I just started training for it's a half marathon and I was actually signed up for it last April and was hoping to do a marathon this year. But then with COVID, um, the half got canceled last spring. And then with things just being so unknown, I'm like, I'm not trying to train for 26.2 miles for it to be canceled. So I stuck with the <laughs> half marathon distance just to, you know, for some mental sanity training wise with everything being yeah. so unknown right now. Normally, we start off before the interview with doing the highlight reel. So why don't you tell us what you want to highlight right now? Yeah, so right now, I mean, it's been such a crazy time with COVID and everything, but I'm really lucky that um, my program has still allowed us to complete our clinical rotations in person. 
Um, it's been such a blessing. So I recently started my sports PT rotation and my CI happens to be slightly Instagram famous. He has about over 200,000 followers, which is insane. Um, so apart from him being a mentor to me in terms of physical therapy, he's also been a mentor to me in terms of marketing myself and branding myself as a PT. And so he actually inspired me to make my own um, kind of PT, student PT, running, training um, Instagram page. So that's kind of been something new on my plate that I've been very recently into. Um, it's at go the distance underscore SPT if you want to give it a follow. That's um, clever. Yeah, but I figured it'd be cool because I'm going to be tracking like my running so like go the distance and then also with PT wanting to be you know a good practitioner in all regards and go the distance with my patients as well. Yeah that's really cool so what have you learned already in the Instagram setting up a (laughs) business Instagram so far? I think the biggest thing is that like thinking about my audience with like everything I post because normally you know with a personal Instagram page it's your friends so they just really want to see what you're up to but I think when you're trying to market yourself you really have to think about you know who's my audience so for me I really want to dive into obviously the student physical therapy community um, and then also like the running community so kind of targeting my posts to meet those um, groups of people that I want to reach out to. Wow. Yeah, that's really cool. Well, I can say I already am following Gabby's Thank you. business page and <laughs> she's already posting some really cool things on there. Obviously, as a DPT, you're helping people recover from injury. And I saw some really cool testing that you were doing the other day even. And so, yeah, I think uh, folks should check it out and give it a follow. Thank you. Well, look, Today on the podcast, we're going to be talking to Gabby about identity, but uh, first I want to hear just a little bit about your background, about growing up, and kind of how identity was shaped in the growing up years. Yeah, so growing up, I was really fortunate to have a family that raised me with Christian morals and took me to church. I was in private school growing up, um, so I was always surrounded by my faith and I definitely believed it from a young age, which I'm really grateful for because I know that not every household is like that. Um, But at the same time, I don't think I really was choosing my faith for myself at that point, just kind of going through the motions. But again, still so grateful for that type of upbringing. Um, I would definitely say I was sport crazy. I pretty much did everything from basketball, even though I'm only 5'2", to cheerleading, to soccer, to obviously running. Um, I kind of was always described as an energizer bunny as a kid. So my parents just threw me in every sport to just make me calm down and take my naps and everything. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I was definitely identified a lot with sports at a young age. Um, I was also very into school at a young age. And so just identifying with, you know, performance standards in terms of how I was doing sport wise, how I was doing school wise. And Obviously, being in the middle school, high school years, there's always the identity and status and who you are and how other people perceive you, which was huge for me because I do have like a very perfectionistic. um, I just am that type of person. Um, I want to be perfect in like everything that I do. And so that was definitely a big part of my identity in high school, trying to live up to this like perfect standard of trying to be the perfect athlete, the perfect student, the perfect daughter you name it, obviously unable to do all of that because we are humanly imperfect, but 
that was definitely a big identity thing growing up for me. Yeah, that's hard too when you're trying to live up to a standard that's unattainable, yep. basically, <laughs> perfection. Yeah, for sure. Well, as you got more into running and figured out that you were pretty good, um, what was your plan? Did you want to continue it in college? Was Maryland your first choice? Kind of talk to us about that. Yeah, so um, I actually started running pretty late in the game. So I ran like cross country in middle school, was like number one on my middle school team, but that was not a very big deal. And then in high school, I was really fortunate to um, be on a high school team that was already a powerhouse in track. Um, originally I was actually only going to run indoor track as a way to stay in shape for lacrosse. My plan was to do like soccer, indoor track, and then lacrosse in the spring, as well as continue club soccer outside of high school sports. But my team was amazing. I kind of got thrown into it and was contributing. And so I stuck with it. Um, slash my coach was like, you are not playing lacrosse in the spring. You are going to run outdoor track. Um, so I already knew that I would probably want to do either soccer or running um, in college. And then I just realized that if I wanted to go to a really good D1 school, it would probably be more with running. I was looking at schools to run, but I was also looking into ROTC. So I had applied for uh, the four-year scholarship grants for the Navy and Army and had received those. So I was at a weird point where I was like, wow, my life can be so dictated by this singular choice of deciding whether mm -hmm. to run in college or do Army, Navy. Um, mm -hmm. But ultimately, I realized that I wanted to run. And if I wanted to still continue um, joining like the military, I could do that later on when I was older and more mm -hmm. mature and had kind of figured things out. And so Maryland was the top school that was recruiting me. So it was kind of a no brainer to go there. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's interesting. You bring up the military because mm -hmm. that is a big decision. I have military in my family and that's a, that's a big decision. So, yep. All right. So tell us a little bit about your collegiate athletic career once you got to Maryland. Well, it was definitely a roller coaster of a ride. Uh, Patricia knows I had <laughs> many injuries. Um, so going into, I believe my freshman year, um, I developed compartment syndrome. And then my sophomore year, um, I had this like weird skin thing that my roommate and I had contracted from a hospital when trapped or not a hospital, hotel when traveling to New York City that kind of broke us down each each of us for about like three months. And then my junior year, I had stress reactions in my shin and Achilles tendonitis. And then my senior year, got a stress fracture in my shin. So the college, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so the college career was definitely a lot of highs and lows. I mean, between all that, um, I obviously grew so much as an athlete. I still got to compete. Mm -hmm. Um, and represent my team so many times. Luckily, we are a three-season sport, so even with injury, you can usually slide in parts of seasons here and there. It's not just like, oh, fall, you're out, and then you can't compete till the next fall. We had fall, we had winter, we had spring. So got some races in there, but it was definitely not what I was expecting going in, mm -hmm. especially because prior to undergrad, I had never suffered an injury. So it was a roller coaster, lots of highs, lots of amazing races, lots of great experiences with my teammates, my coaches, obviously being an FCA was so much fun, um, but also a lot of lows, a lot of injuries that I did not expect. But honestly, it kind of led me to the profession I'm pursuing now. So I'm thankful for it all. And yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, I remember 
talking about this many times yeah. while you were in college, but talk to us about how that affected your identity. Yeah. So going yeah. into um, college, my identity was so wrapped up in running. I mean, I felt so much pressure to perform because obviously I'd been recruited to represent the team, especially as a freshman. I felt a lot of pressure and coming off of my high school years of running, I just wanted to continue to get better, continue to chase after my goals. And ultimately, again, I had a very perfectionistic attitude. So I want to be the perfect runner. Um, but when I was experiencing all these injuries, I was hitting such low lows because my identity was so wrapped up in running. So basically, if I had a good race and I was having good workouts, I was on a high. And if I had bad races, I was injured, I was on a low. And again, I was injured a ton. So emotionally, it was definitely like an emotional, physical and mental roller coaster when my identity was so, so caught up with running. And I think if anything, it was more caught up in performance over than running. Um, But again, they tied together so much that it was just up and down and up and down yeah so what at what point did you start to change where you were putting your identity and what helped you stay grounded yeah so at the end of junior year um I kind of just hit a point where I was like this is not working like I am either so happy because things are going well with my sport and I'm feeling validated by the way I'm running, the way I'm performing, my races, my workouts, um, how I'm feeling physically. But then again, it's like when all that takes a turn, which in any sport is could be day to day, I'm on a low. And I was like, this is not the way that I want to be. I know this isn't me at my best. And so I would say at the end of my junior year was kind of a turning point where I was like, you know what, I can't be like Gabby the runner and I can't rely solely on running or my performance as my identity and who I am. And it was tough, too, because being on the team, a lot of girls had their identity in running. I mean, we all are there to be the best runner we can be. And so it kind of felt normal to have your identity so wrapped in running and performance at that such at such a high level of performance. But yeah, so kind of at the end of my junior year, I was like, you know what, this is not it. I need to change stuff. So that's kind of yeah. Fun. So how so how did you how did you do that? Where did you start finding identity and like how you saw yourself? Honestly, it just was like a lot of reflection, and I was obviously a part of FCA from the start. So from freshman year, which FCA played such a huge role in just keeping me grounded in college and gave me such amazing friends and community. Um, but I think it took me my junior year truly reflecting on like, okay, like, who am I? And if running was out of the equation, like, who would I be to finally realize mm-hmm. like, okay, I need to root my identity in something that stays constant, something that has stayed constant since I was young, something that's not going to change day to day, something that isn't really even in my control, because I feel like rooting your identity in things that you can so control like you're running it just leads to such unhealthy mentalities because you're like you know that's how eating disorders happen that's how like mental disorders happen because you're so you're like I'm controlling everything and I was like I need to just give it up give it to ultimately God who can control like my purpose and my identity and it's not my job anymore to perform it's not my job anymore to live up to these crazy perfect standards um 
So definitely reflecting on kind of like, who do I want to be? What would I be like without running? And where do I want my identity to be? Yeah. So you kind of alluded to it, but you started finding your identity and your faith. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Correct. So how did that change your outlook? Yeah. So basically when I started um, putting my identity more into my faith, I realized that, you know, my identity is in an all-knowing God who already knows my life from start to finish. It's not my job to, you know, be this perfect runner who's doing everything right, doing well in school, being a perfect daughter, a perfect friend, a perfect teammate. It's not my job. Obviously, I'm going to work hard in all those aspects. And I think that's that was kind of like that motivating factor. Like, I'm still going to be a hard worker. I'm still going to pour into everything that God has given me and put into my life. But like, that isn't my identity. And so it was kind of at that point where I was like, yeah, faith is going to be my identity. God is not changing. His love for me is not changing. His love for me not does not go on highs. His love for me does not go on lows. Um, I can constantly kind of rest in the fact that I am, my identity is rooted in an all-knowing God who is grace-giving, forgiving, loving, and has my end goal for me and already knows everything. Yeah. And I remember a change in your demeanor and in the way that you handled things junior year. So talk to us a little bit about senior year, because not only did you get injured senior year, but senior year you were applying to um, go to grad Mm -hmm. school, right, to get your DPT. And I remember as a freshman, you told me where you were going to go. And you were 100% certain. And just as your heart changed, as your identity changed, you started to really consider what is best instead of what I decided I was going to do a long time ago. Yeah. So another part about, you know, putting my identity in my faith was that I didn't have to make all the decisions for myself. I didn't have to be this type A planner who had every single stepping stone of my life mapped out. And if I didn't, I would be just a mess. And so frazzled, I could just give it up to him. So that was also another huge thing. Um, But yeah, so my senior year, I came in with a totally different mentality about running. I was like, you know, this is a gift from God. And if I do well, great. If I don't, that's okay. Like I'm still loved and I'm still worthy and no time on a board with my race PR is going to make me any less worthy. So I came into running with a very, very different mentality, definitely being a lot kinder to myself, giving myself a lot more time to rest and just enjoy the process for once instead of putting so much pressure on myself. And then I actually ended up getting hurt. And that was definitely a big test of my faith because I was like going into the season, I was like, okay, I'm giving it all up to him. And then all of a sudden I had probably my most serious injury, which was a stress fracture in my tibia, which took me out already for eight weeks. Um, And I was already coming off injury. So that was a huge testament to my faith. But I told Patricia and so many others, like when that injury happened, I had such immense peace with it. I was like, okay, that's fine. Like, we're just going to roll with it. Like, there's a reason this is happening. And I trust that he has a plan and it's totally fine. Um, Obviously, it wasn't all perfect. It still was tough, but it was definitely a very interesting sense of peace I never thought could come with such like a devastating injury. And then in terms of looking at schools, I had a school that, again, like Patricia said, I had been looking at for so long. I truly thought that's where I was going to go. 
Um, and then the school that I was actually looking at the least when I visited uh, the campus and I got interviewed, I immediately felt like this is where I'm supposed to be. Um, I actually had a teammate who had graduated who was in FCA and was just the sweetest girl, best teammate, um, such a role model. She had gone there and everything just felt right. And it took me being like, okay, I'm just going to trust this feeling and trust that this is where God wants me to go. Okay. So what year are you now in grad school? And um, cause I know you're, you're still in school, but you're also in a clinic working. So mm-hmm. what's your life school situation look like now? Yeah. So I am a second year, uh, doctor of PT student now. So kind of got past all of the first year foundational classes, which is just a lot of the sciences, a lot of anatomy, cadaver lab, which is oddly my favorite place to be. I loved it so much, which probably sounds crazy. Um, (laughs) But now we're kind of more into the application part of schooling. So uh, fall was very hands-on. We got to do a lot of testing and actually learn like really what it is to be like a PT. And yeah, right now I'm in my first clinical rotation. Again, kind of crazy. I was supposed to be in an outpatient neuro setting that was linked to a hospital. And probably a week before my clinic was supposed to start, I found out that I wasn't unable to go anymore due to COVID. And so um, we were kind of scrambling to find me a clinic. And I ended up now at this sports clinic, which I absolutely love. So again, kind of crazy how things work. Um, We were all in a state of panic. And now it's probably like the best thing that could have happened, because I don't know if I could have gotten into the sports clinic if the first one had not canceled on me. So, yeah, I'm loving what I'm doing. It's so cool to be working with athletes. Again, the most, like, motivated, crazy group of people, but so, so cool to work with them because I know exactly what they're going through. Yeah, I'm sure that's true. So I've I've known multiple people, including the person you referenced earlier, who have gone through PT school. And PT school is all-encompassing, you know, kind of like doing college athletics. And so – how are you keeping your identity grounded now without getting sucked into Gabby Go, the DPT student? Yeah, I think going into school, I was like, oh, now I don't have this pressure of like running or running competitively anymore at a D1 level. But, you know, there's always something. So obviously it's like so easy to get wrapped up in your grades and your school and your performance and being the best student in your class or being the best PT you can be. Um, And kind of like what I said before, I still want to work hard in all those aspects. But I think that in um, undergrad, when I kind of learned to root my identity more in faith, I've been able to translate that now to a new challenge of not rooting my identity in, you know, school or performance and grades and being the top of my class and all this stuff. So it's been very good because I think that it allows me to, you know, still have my identity, still feel loved and worthy no matter what happens, and then still grind it out in school and still run and train for half marathons. But I know that my performance in either is not who I am. Yeah. You don't have to be based in the results anymore. Yeah. So what advice do you have for women who are struggling with identity? I would definitely say that putting your identity in faith, it was probably one of the best things. No, probably the best thing I could have done for myself, especially because women in sport, you know, you tend to be more that competitive, um, 
perfectionistic type A, like, you know how to work hard, you know how to grind out, you know how to lay it all out there on the field or on the track. But with that being said, it's so easy when you do have that mentality to kind of get sucked into putting your identity into your sport, into your performance. And so I would definitely encourage every female athlete to just really lean into their faith and root their identity in their faith because, you know, God never changes. His promises for you never change. And you won't have to go through the highs and the lows that come with being a woman in sport or (laughs) a woman in school, honestly, too. Just a woman in this day and life and period right now. There's so many highs and lows every single day. And I think by rooting your identity in faith, you kind of get more of a consistent identity and you really know who you are because God tells you exactly who you are. Yeah. Well, I like the way you described it earlier in that not finding your identity in something that you can control, Mm -hmm. because even if someone's not a college athlete, you can find your identity in so many things, a career in being a mom in you know, I mean, you name it. And so many people find their identity in it and instead finding your identity in something bigger than yourself and then in your faith and ultimately in God. I think for me personally, that has been a lifesaver, mm-hmm. literally, 100%. because, yeah, as we go through the ups and downs of life, I don't need to hang my hat on the results of whatever that is. Exactly. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much. This has been fantastic. I appreciate you being on here. But before we let you go, we need to hear something from your blooper reel. Oh, no. If you have a good story for us. Yes. You already know the story, Becky. This will be a new one for you. All right. But I believe it was my junior year, so kind of the turning point year, but prior to that turning point, um, I was competing in a race and was going through some stomach dietary stuff, and I think my body was just not absorbing the nutrients the way it was supposed to. It was super, super humid day. It had just rained, and it was kind of like – the humidity that settles as soon as it stops raining mm-hmm. like the air was yeah. so thick mm-hmm. and I'm running this race and I can just I'm starting to see spots I'm like not feeling great but as anyone who runs knows you never really feel great when you're running <laughs> so I'm like this is fine I'm just pushing through I'm being mentally tough and then all of a sudden it's just black and I like had completely passed out in the middle of a race oh, no. and this the embarrassing part is I apparently like started crawling and this cross country <laughs> race was like in the middle of like cornfield so I'm over here in my little uniform crawling through like army crawling through the cornfields like saying crazy <laughs> stuff like I need a race at big tens like just let me get to the finish line because basically in a race if someone touches you or like picks you up, you're immediately oh. done with the race. And so people were trying to like help me up. And I was like, no, like, don't touch me. I need to go to big tests. Like I need to finish this race. Meanwhile, I'm like a mile out from the finish line, army crawling in the cornfield. Oh. So there's no way. Oh. So definitely a little traumatic when it happened. But now looking back, it's really funny because I just picture myself doing that. And I'm like, wow, that's it's embarrassing. Really embarrassing. <laughs> but makes a good it's story. Funny. So yeah it makes a good story now yes. I remember you telling me that story right after it happened and I was like oh girl yeah, slightly like, concerning it was yeah worried yeah. about you we got it all under control but yeah but now. I don't think I heard about you army crawling through the corn muttering things yeah. like that wasn't in- included in the initial telling of the story yeah, so my teammates were there to tell because my teammates who were behind me past me army crawling and saying <laughs> these things so they were like is this girl okay and 
I mean, clearly I was not, but they were the ones, the ones who were behind me kind of told me, so we saw you, we saw this girl on the ground just crawling. Then we were like, oh my gosh, that's Gabby. Good friends. Good friends. (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you so much again. I have really enjoyed getting to talk to you and just hear how you have shifted your identity and where you find your identity and now finding your identity in your faith and letting that be a solid rock instead of in the shifting sand of everyday circumstances. And it's been encouraging to me. And so I really appreciate you being on here. Yes. Thank you so much. Um, you both for having me. This is a lot of fun. Absolutely. Well, before we let you go, the last thing we do is to pass the ball to a woman who has inspired you in life. So I wondered if you have someone you would like to pass the ball to. Yeah, I was actually kind of thinking about this one. And I would like to pass the ball to my former teammate, Lauren Ball, kind of fun with the name. Um, So we were actually I was a freshman when she was a senior. So we didn't have a lot of time together. But again, she was someone I looked up to all through college she was very involved in FCA too and it's funny as soon as she graduated we got so close like it was kind of ironic because we got so close after I graduated but since then um, it's been crazy how similar of walks of life God has put us on we both started grad school Mm -hmm. at the same exact time and every single time we call, it's like we're both going through the same exact thing. So I really feel like God kind of put her in my life as a sister in faith. And we literally walk the same just challenges, <laughs> highs and lows. And she has been such a amazing support system that I've had throughout undergrad since she was older than me. And then since graduating, now just doing grad school at the same time as her. She's just been amazing. I love her so much. Oh, yeah, I, I love that. I mean, Lauren was a pentathlete. You don't mess with Lauren. Lauren is so athletic, so fit, so talented. (laughs) That's really cool. Well, thank you again. And we have loved having you on the show. You have been listening to Life is a Team Sport. And never forget, life is a team sport. And you are never alone. (laughs) 